Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And today we're talking about minute 105 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with Commander Mera talking to an Atlantean guard. And then the minute is going to end with Mera looking at that same Atlantean guard in, uh, I guess, astonishment for what has just happened in this minute. Uh, what? That kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. It's, um, it's a minute just between these two characters as they prepare for the arrival of Steppenwolf. And it starts with Commander Mera trilling over to that, that uh, guard as they come in. Uh, she opens up the water pocket with her with her uh, hydro hydrokinesis, and I know we spoke a little bit about this yesterday about the the visual effects, the CGI. But this is a much closer shot of the wall behind Mera and her armor, how great it looks, the algae and all the seaweed that's like attached to the brick, how it moves and its animation. Um, there's so much that's impressive about this as she lands down onto the floor. You can tell that this is kind of like, um, I don't want to know. I don't know if it's the, the same arm that they used for Kirsty Clemens, Iris West and Barry Allen, the way that they do their slow motion, uh, speed force stuff. But Mara does the same thing where as she's supposed to be swimming in water to kind of, set herself down on the floor to be able to use her hydrokinesis. Um, there's something really cool in the fact that she's kind of like, all right, I'm, if I was really here, this is what I would be doing to set myself down on the floor. It's a really cool uh, performance job by Mara as it, you know, Zack Snyder kind of instructs her to kind of head down towards the, the ground of the stage. Um, and then they just kind of like fill it in with this Atlantis, facade this mm -hmm. wall with all the algae and stuff it's such a cool shot um i really do enjoy like all of this detail that's happening here in this minute and then she opens up the the little water pocket and this atlantean guard comes in and they're both wearing real costumes like practical costumes like none of it is cgi or anything and the detail work on both of them is fantastic um I love all the scale work. We've talked about this before, about how great the armor looks. Yeah, um, the scales and everything like that. Yeah. And the Atlantean guard helmet uh, mm -hmm. is a mix between gladiator helmets. Like he has almost like the same thing that Maxima, uh, Maximus has, like that same uh, MF Doom Mustache. style yeah. uh, covering. But also on top of that, it's almost like a reference to the creature from the black lagoon because it, it has the same fin work. It has the same kind of nose flatness that mustache thing, the catfish, whatever that. Yes, exactly. There's a star Trek alien that also has like very similar thing. I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, anyway, a lot of star Trek stuff going on, huh? Yeah. I think there's also a, yeah, it's star Trek. Um, I think there's also a star Wars character that looks similar as well. Uh, in uh the mandalorian they think they have a character oh oh yeah um um 
Oh, it's Horatio like, Sands' character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it, it has like that kind of catfish look to it. Um, and I it just kept looking at it going like, that's like, is that a creature of the Black Lagoon like reference? And one hundred percent, it's it has the that that same homage to to the to the overall design of the character. It looks amazing. It's an amazing suit of armor. Um, amazing, amazing cos costume work. It looks really good. It, the shoulder points are some of my favorite thing. Um, that's really cool, and uh, very similar to that of like um, Thomas Wayne Batman cape. Or even the Batman, or not the Batman, uh, JLA. Like the uh, Batman, the, he's yeah, got the points, the pointy, yeah. pointy shoulders. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's um, one of the cool th- things, like just as far as cinematically, it's whenever sometimes Amber Heard or the person playing the Atlantean guard, when they move, sometimes their costume, like, uh moves very easily as if it's made out of foam and like breaks kind of that illusion, but it's almost like more impressive to me that I see that happening. Like sometimes they'll move, especially when Mara does like her hydrokinesis and she like pushes outwards. You see a little bit of the costume, like the belt kind of shifts um, because it's, you know, it's made out of foam and whatnot or, 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 or urethane rubber. And the same thing when the Atlantean guard like swims up into focus at the very end of the minute, you see one of the shoulders kind of like jiggle just because it's, it's bouncing off of the other one. And it's just like, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's, it's, it's fake. It's a, it's a costume, but it's, it's real. It's like an actual suit that they're wearing. So it has like those, um, uh, I don't want to say errors, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it, it, they're wearing a real bulky costume. So that's what's just really cool about the whole detailing of these characters. Um, now, I think it's great. Even that they, even in my mind, I'm thinking like it's got to be foam. It still looks like real armor to me, just like the Amazons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I know it's all foam, but the fact that it is practical, like we're saying, it makes it that much better. Yeah, um, I do want an action figure of this Atlantean soldier. Right? They look And it's really just like nice. so simple. It's just so simple. Just straight gold with the helmet. What a great helmet. Dang. That's a really good helmet. That's such a good helmet. That's such a good helmet. It is Creature of the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the Black Lagoon? Of the Black Lagoon? I mean it's his home, right? <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting where this says from. Um yeah. filmed uh here right yeah filmed on on set in like at the park like in their back lot yeah it's a like in the in the freaking swamps that we got here <laughs> yeah um my partners met met the person that, that played the character uh they passed away i think they're no longer with us but uh just met them a few times and um yeah it's just the whole costuming of these atlantean yeah. guards is, is amazing um the, the what's going on as far as the story she opens up the package she tells Atlantean guard uh, or no he says it to, he, he starts a conversation he says commander Mira um, the, uh, the king has declined sending additional forces this way he says all the reserves are needed in the rebel regions uh, which you know obviously Mira says he's you know he's as sh- short sighted have trouble saying that word short sighted as he is cruel 
and they need reinforcements here for Steppenwolf, who's trying to take the mother box. Yeah, and alien I, versus like civil dispute. Yeah, King Orm wants to control the seven kingdoms, control the seven uh, realms of uh, of all of Atlantis, and and to unite the the seven kingdoms to go fight man upstairs and it makes sense as far as the story leading into aquaman that they say this you know and it makes sense as far as the justice league volume one leading into throne of atlantis Atlantis. yeah Yeah, it's like it's right there it's literally right there yeah one of the best ways to introduce someone into aquaman and his whole world is this thing of the throne of atlantis and you know the 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 idea that Aquaman is supposed to be king, but he's not, you know. And I also thought about it like King Orm thinking about, okay, maybe he does understand Steppenwolf is coming for the mother box. But he's also thinking about it in the cruel way of, I must now really double down on those rebel forces. I must unite my own Atlantis before I go after the other seven kingdoms. So let me stamp out the rebel forces, join my cause because I need your bodies on the battlefield for when steppenwolf shows up orm's not that smart no he's not he's not it's just like on 100 just not (laughs) i just think he's not you would think like yes like from someone that's like i need to unite all of the seven kingdoms to have the biggest army this planet has ever seen and do the whole shtick of fighting against the common enemy um but that's not orm well no but he uh, it was him in another movie for that. That's what I'm saying is like, if he's like, okay, that's even more fuel for my cause to <sighs> fight these rebel forces. And it's like, no, no, you're missing the point here. We don't want you to do that long. at all. No. Yeah. Like honestly, once mirror is on the right track, once oh, yeah. there's even like a smell of something going on around that mother box, nefarious activities around that technologically advanced super square that we have no idea what it is mm-hmm. um she's like you know immediately there like yeah guard it like we can't that's like we know this is like one of the oldest stories that was ever told to us don't let this anything happen to this mother box like you should focus everything on the mother box she's in the right orm should have focused everything on the mother box but he's a dumb guy and is selfish and is like, yeah, I'm going to stir up drama. Yeah. No, you're right. He's just, he's just dumb. He's just dumb guy, you know? Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not fit to be king. That's, that's the ma- real hat tip. Just like Lex Luthor, he's got like this superiority complex mm-hmm. where he's like, I'm supposed to be the ruler. Like I'm the king of Atlantis. And so he's got these rebel forces and they're all like, you know, we don't really believe that you should be king and he feels the need to, you know, overrule them. Yeah. To, to suppress, oppress them. And with the knowledge that Steppenwolf is coming, he's probably even double downing. He's, he's, he's double doubling down on, on just like, okay, well now I'm really going to press these people because like, I'm I'm tired of, like, you're telling me now, like, I'm going to fight an alien and I'm not going to have these people bow down to me. Like, I'm really just going to keep them 
like uh under the oppression because i i need i i want them what do you think uh atlantean rebel forces are like just like a pissed off school of barracuda in the outskirts or something it's um rogue waves that's the rebel (laughs) (laughs) rogue waves just a grouping of rogue waves that's a good question i um it's a good joke yeah but you got me thinking like i mean do they what were they even are they are they fish people yeah yeah like what are they are they just a bunch of crabs and they're just crabby guys you know i think you're thinking of the actual movie I know I'm thinking of the actual movie, and I'm also trying to be stupid funny. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, Rebel Rebel forces in Atlantis. It's probably just like just normal Atlanteans just doing living off their land or going back to what you know. Well, I was gonna say going back to their roots, but their roots were above above the surface. I'm really just thinking of like maybe they're like sirens, like just a bunch of mermaids that are like doing their own shtick and 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 crashing ships of sailors and stuff. It's like, hey, girls. And guys, or whatever, just like chill out, like come on. And fish, and fish, you know. I, I think people. Of, like <laughs> fish people, chill out. Because of how great of a job like they've done in establishing this environment of Atlantis to look like a medieval story, just underwater. I just yeah. kind of imagine like those same medieval like. Peasants, peasant, like Lord of the Rings, pe- peasant yeah. cottages, like the out- two towers, yeah, yeah, the it, humans of Rohan or whatever. And I just kind of think of something similar looking to, like the Shire, but just like really old and 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 underwater, and like these little cobble homes with algae on top of them, and like just like everything looks like a hermit crab's house or something. Yeah, like those <laughs> little ones you could buy in like the pet shop store. And, yeah. There's just like little things, little small towns, and or like even go darker and just be like the uh, their like shanty esque houses are just like a bunch of sunken plastic and shit. Oh yeah, like they're, they're living in ocean trash and or man made reefs. I don't know. Maybe there was like some sort of housing project that they had. Yeah, but it, it's almost like I can tires. I can picture it only because like i i see everything else that's done yeah in this i see world. it in yeah i see it in the medieval aspect of the lord of the rings esque and and then put that underwater that's kind of cool yeah i still want them to have like mermaid tails though okay we'll get the mermaid tails okay relax <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep the mermaid tails i don't want no feet in here um and we, we talked a little bit about this yesterday but like we're two days now this will be day three. We're talking about tall towers and you have this one. We have all the other ones in this movie. And, but there was also one for the, uh, or a candor, the ones in man of steel where you had kind of rebel regions and you had the, the capital of candor and all of that as Krypton was on the verge of exploding. And you had the LexCorp tower as well and dawn of justice. And so, there's almost like Zack Snyder's really into this giant castle tower that has to exist in every uh, environment of, of these stories taking place. And I think it's kind of a cool concept. I, I wonder what it is with him creating these giant um, towers in, in each one of his movies because they're starting to uh, 
it's starting to like be a common thing. Like every environment has a giant uh, keep, if you will. Spire. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting to think about. That, I think, just kind of goes... There's probably something that you could pull about, just like classic storytelling and, you know, treasure at the top of the, at the, top of the tower. Yeah. Like, it goes back to, you know, Arthurian storytelling. Um, hell, even Excalibur. Um, all that stuff. Just like that style of storytelling, which just seems classical in my opinion, right? Just, um, I guess, and it is just Arthurian adventures. <clears throat> and those kind of tropes that come with that. That's of, what I'm uh, thinking. Hero and hero and uh you know, villain or just hero's journey. It really I think it just goes back to hero's journey elements and they just zhuzh them up. Yeah, they're always like it's gotta be this giant tower, like straight tower. Of like, course. It looks like a big tower. And then you have your dragon come in. That's true. You have your your, your green knight, if you will, too. Oh. It's rolling right up in there. Oh, oh, now we're on to something even bigger. Yeah. This is, oh, snap. This is an Arthurian tale with Arthur, and he's a king. Yeah. As we've talked about so many other times before, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's really cool. Um, oh, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> so here they're going to get the, the drilling warning that something is happening. They're going to turn tail really quickly, head inside. She tells the uh, Atlantean guard that all we can do is form a phalanx around the mother box. And the mother now, box... Now, Mark, what's a phalanx? What is a phalanx? It's like a, you know, it's like a little little barricade. It's like a little... You know the, you know the 300 guys? That's a phalanx. Yeah. Um, you know the guys from Destiny? That's a phalanx. That's what they're called. They're, that's, that's exactly what they're called. Um, <laughs> and there's just and it's just the one guy though, but they form a phalanx. They're forming a phalanx, that's, that's which is wild, right? Because their shield does it. The, whose shield does it? They have shield. the phalanx. The shield, their extendo shields form a phalanx, which is what their name is. Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, you're but talking like their shields itself is also a phalanx. You're talking about the Destiny alien. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm also talking about the the Atlanteans here, at least the ones that were at guarding the the hallway here, they had shields as well. Which okay. I don't I don't think we see shields on the other ones though. Everyone else has a gun. Why can't you have a gun and a shield? What, what where's that concept? Why does everything have to be sword and shield or spear and shield? Why can't you have gun and shield? Why can't we do uh, that? Gun RX seven eight did it. Yeah, well yeah, but uh and then they started manufacturing Zaku's with them built onto their arms. Exactly. Why can't we just have that? Do that. Let's let's uh, let's give Atlantean shields and guns. What and else then, has gun and shield? I think Rom the Space Knight also has gun and shield. Guardian, and, I think, also has and they gun make and shield. shields to put the spear in. Like you can, you can knock the spear on the shield. Like there's some of them mm-hmm. that have that. Can we not also do that for shields and and rifles? Like I know you need to hold the front of the rifle to balance, but if you have a shield with a with like a little indent, like Gibraltar's gun. Uh, this is still we're still yeah. video game stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's like cycle. There's a, there was there was also a Nerf gun that is the same exact thing as Gibraltar's gun, where it's like the the LMG with like the flip up. You know. Well, yeah. So his is on his gun, but I'm saying, yeah. like, for them, you can have your shield 
and mm-hmm. rest the other the front part of the rifle on it and still be able to shoot in cover with a shield at least. Like where's that concept? Like why did, why is that the person was. with the rifle not able to have a shield? When they were first doing like um riot shields and stuff like that, um when it was just a piece of metal, there were like you could have your gun out and maybe that was like where like the little opening came about mm-hmm. instead of like being able to see. Um there were there were like shields that had uh where you could put the gun out and just like walk and fire. Yeah, exactly. Um so the mother box is starting to act up here. It's got two cracks in it now. Uh maybe that's a um well three if you count that one. One, two, three. It's got a bunch of cracks in it now. Here comes the boom tube. And I always every time I see this boom tube, I always try to look for Steppenwolf. I always try to see if like I can see him beam down, but you can't. So I don't know how it works. I don't know how they how they try to make the boom tube technology work for the movie. Um, it doesn't really matter. But what I do think is interesting is that the boom tubes look like they search for a, gr- a ground to land on. So if the boom tube is going straight down, it's it hasn't hit a landable surface yet. So that's why Steppenwolf probably boom tubes down to the very bottom and then comes up. Like he yeah. can't boom tube like somewhere in the middle. Like it has to hit a solid floor. Mm-hmm. And then he he lands there and swims upward. So Yeah. That's why it's like a it's like it's like a portal. I mean, uh, essentially gravity still exists within that portal. Mhm. So it's just shooting straight down and then um it's the only thing in the movie that we don't see like the other side or any other technology like where's this boom tube connected like where's where's up like where's what's what's upwards just dimensional does like did they i don't know does Zack Snyder ever come up with a spaceship that's hovering above the skies or no it's not it's just teleport it's just that's what they do it's that's the technology it does it just teleports I need like, to know if there's something, and I, I think that's my. Uh, it's a supercomputer that teleports matter. That's my like atheism to like, just trying to believe in this stuff. Where I just go, okay, but where's it connected to? Like, where's yeah, it, where's, where's the, its tether? Where's, where's the, the mothership? Because at least mm-hmm. with um, Star Trek, like you have the you know where they beam from and to. Yes, and you have like transporter coordinates and and. And so physics that that wrap around that concept as well and and whatnot. And uh, so when absolutely. I see him be- boom tube down, I'm like, so where's the boom tube? The only thing I can think of is that the the only thing I can think of is at the end of the the movie where Darkseid shows up, is that boom tube just shows up out of nowhere, just opens up and closes, and like that is something we see in all DC comics is just the boom tube can just open up like a rift. Yes, and I guess that's what's happening here. Somewhere up there, it opens up like a rift and comes down. But we don't see that until the very end. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's what I've been missing. Maybe, maybe. we're not supposed to know until the end, and that's a thing. Because I've always been like, okay, we're Steppenwolf's ship. What does that look like? He doesn't. It's I'm just, always imagining like this Klingon warp bird looking thing or like the Romulan ones the ones that are like really kind of curvy and like right. three no, I think a, three point yeah. spaceship 
looking thing. I I think um, a bird of prey is what you're thinking of. Um, yeah, bird of prey. <laughs> I think I think it's just more of like in refer- in relation to Star Trek. It's the boom tubes themselves can have transporter technology, so they themselves are the point, the jump point, whatever the pad, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, when Steppenwolf is in exile among the stars, and a boom tube calls out to him it's pretty much like pads open just i'm opening the door wherever you are at to answer this call and my doorway is open so you walk in Mm. yeah you might be Um, right but i don't i don't don't, it's all speculation it is i mean it would have to be because he's he's teleporting from one spot on earth to another so it it's it's going up and going back down. So it had to go up and out, like up and then down, up across down. Like he's going in multiple directions, you know? What are you, are you trying to explain it? Like Willy Wonka's glass elevator or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he takes, that's exactly <laughs> what he has. So Willy Wonka had boom tube technology. Oh, okay. Now we're opening a whole another door. A whole, a whole other box of chocolate. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I don't have anything else left for this. This is just a really good spectacle minute of Mera and the Atlantean guard as they prepare for the Steppenwolf fight scene that we'll talk about next week. Um, but Nate, do you have anything else for this one? Not really. The last thing I wanted to say was that I enjoy the vaporizing effect that the boom tube has in water. Um, I think it's just really cool that they add things like different elemental aspects, uh, to this like transportation beam. Um, Because when it dissipates, it's all sizzling as if like that area was just incredibly hot because it's pure energy just pouring in right there. That's just awesome. And the design of the boom tube, that hexagonal mathematic problem is just cool as hell to me, you know? Yeah. What's it called in chemistry where you do molecular breakdowns? I think that's close to it. Yeah. Is that what it is? Molecular (laughs) structure. Molecular structure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's just cool that it's, you know, I'm not a smart person, but seeing a design like that and then referencing it to, like, oh, this is, like, super technology. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. It would mimic, like, those natural things that exist in this universe. It's also cool thinking about it. Um, we've gotten our hands on one of the Zack Snyder's trilogy box set, and it came with the anti-life equation like lithograph or, or just kind of card that came with it and it's just crazy thinking about how mathematical they're trying to make the anti-life equation and something that is so like metaphorical yeah into and something I, that's like metaphysical and like i think the metaphor is lost though and it's weird because we're doing it be- and we are getting very close to the same page of what that anti-life equation is in relation to the last son of Krypton and earth itself and, and all of this. But uh, one of those things that's so cool to me about this all is that we don't have the answer to that. And I think the answer to that is so complex. It can't just be like a blatant, here's the answer. Here's what I was working towards. It has to be like, no, you have to literally connect all of these dots from man of steel and from ancient krypton Mm -hmm. to a 
apocalypse and the new gods and all those things and earth and all of all of that and just i don't know and the fact that on that dvd box set or the blu-ray 4k box set um the the discs are separated with little pictures and stuff the anti-life page that we're talking about is right behind the superman picture and it's just it's kind of nail on the head but i don't know it's like right in front uh, of it's, us. It's, I'm hitting the nail on the head, but it's in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I can feel it, but it's like it ping and you're hitting it, but I don't know what I'm nailing in. That's what it is. That's what's so it's crazy about this hard. universe. It's it's um, and and Zack Snyder said the same thing about the clue for Kara Zor-El, Supergirl, in Man of Steel. He says the answer is right there. No one has found it yet, but it's like he said it's like right there, and in Supergirl. Yeah, he says. Because it's 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 not the open casket, it's not the dead body, I don't think. And he said like, well, he says I promise you, like the answer is right there. You guys are all missing it. Um, so I don't know where it is or what it's going on, but it's the same thing with with seeing that Man of Steel part of the box set, and then opening it. And it's like the anti life equation is right behind Superman, and it's just being like it's complex, but it's also super simple. It's right there, yeah. And it's, it's just it's, it's and- that that makes it even crazier. <laughs> And and I agree with you. It's not one person's design either. I mean, he he worked with Jim Lee. He worked with Chris mm-hmm. Terrio. He's, I mean, he even worked with David S. Goyer for Man Steel. The idea of the, the the concept of the codex and the concept of the anti life equation and this whole journey of of this DC cinematic universe that they were creating. It's not just Jack. It's not just Zack Snyder. It's 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 so much more than just his thought going into it. And that's what's so crazy to think about. A lot of people. Um, either criticize this universe or praise this universe solely on Zack Snyder. And it's not just his thoughts. Um, it's everyone who's been a part of creating this uh, uh, crazy equation for, for Justice League. That's why it's so complex. And that's why it's it's trying to figure it out. Because we're trying to think about what a whole team of people uh, conjured up for, for where this universe was headed. And the solution to Darkseid. So... Yeah, I I think there's several things to look at with the um, anti-life equation. It almost, uh, well, actually, let me save that. Let me wrap up here. When we actually do get to the anti-life equation, I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on what's going on with it. But some people, see, seek out that box set and take a look at that anti-life equation. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Don't forget, we also have another podcast called Doom Patrol Radio, where we're gearing up to talk about season three of Doom Patrol, which comes out very soon. So if you haven't watched that show yet, don't know what's wrong with you, but please check it out. It's an amazing show. It's one of the best DC shows we have, probably one of the best superhero shows uh, out there. It's a really good story. It's even, I mean, regardless of superheroes and comic books, it's a really good show. A lot of great stuff. A lot of great writers involved with it. A lot of good music. All kinds of stuff. Um, Check it out, and then we'll check you guys back out on Monday for Minute 106 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.